everyone and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today, Andy and I are joined by Kelly from Styles. Kelly works on all of the content and education uh, for Styles Heat Printing. So we're super excited to get her take on all things heat printing today. How are you, Kelly? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys so much for asking me to join you on your podcast. I'm really excited. Oh, of course. I said to Andy, you and Jenna and like Danielle, Dave, all of the, our family over US side, I was like, they're all coming on. I was like, we need, I was so excited to have all of you on. So you were definitely like top of my list. So I'm so pleased that we're finally sitting down to record this episode. It's going to be great. I know that. Uh, I'm really excited to see all of the questions that we're going to go over and hear even the different sides, right? Because I'm in the States and Different perspectives, I think, are great to just kind of take whatever you need and, and form it to your own. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, we spoke previously about what we wanted to cover in this episode, and we concluded on um, talking about all of the different garments and blends and products uh, that people should be thinking about when starting a t-shirt printing business. Obviously, you work a lot with t-shirts, sweatshirts, all of the types of blanks garments throughout your day-to-day -day work. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and just, like I said, the types of blends that people would look for, whether that's cotton and polycotton or 100% cotton, 100% polyester, all of that kind of thing. Um, specific products that you'd recommend for heat printers when starting out. So heading into 2023 obviously we're hoping to see a lot of new printing businesses emerging and um, so any advice for them would be fantastic um and then yeah how to obviously create on some of those products so i think we'll we'll just we'll get started so what would you say your three favorites of blank t-shirts are because we we call it t-shirt printing right we heat print on all of the different types of garments but we call yeah. it t-shirt printing so so I kind of break this into kind of two different categories, right? Because if you're if you're first getting into this world, this industry, there are thousands of different types of garments. Um, even if something goes out of stock, what's your favorite backup? What can you grab that you're still, uh, you know, can tie to your brand that represents you? So I'll break it down by really the three garments that I recommend starting out with. Um, and then we can jump into the, the products that I really enjoy just because I think there's also a different uh, textures, the way they drape on the body and price points and um, what I may enjoy, you know, maybe completely different for somebody else's business. So I think the top three that I do recommend to get started with is the Gildan Soft Style T-shirt. Gildan is tried and true, but the reason why I really like the soft style is because it gives you that kind of vintage uh, lived in feel that is really similar to the Bella Canvas 3001, but you're looking at different price points. So if you are really price conscious as you are first entering into this business, I think it's important to maximize your margins and make as much money and then start to choose a little more elevated brands and really kind of introduce next level type garments. So Gildan Soft Style, I think is great. All three of these options have an excellent color selection as well. So whether or not you're staying with your true neutrals or you love those pops of colors, I think these are just great. Uh, the Bella Canvas, like I said, 3001 is, I, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I feel like that's a shirt that's kind of taken over uh, the States is everybody wants a Bella canvas. They're more and more in retail as well. So I think that's really important. And then the next one would be the next level 6210. They're all very similar um, blend shirts. So a cotton poly, which I will mention if it's a cotton poly, you're going to have that kind of natural lived in feel. But there is going to be a higher con cotton content, which will help reduce scorching. So for those newer entry level businesses, this is kind of a, a cheat sheet of garments to really just create beautiful products and not have to worry about other little caveats of, of the heat printing world. I think that's really good advice because 
it's just sort of the number one thing that puts people off is they make this make one mistake and like, okay well it's, i can't do this it's not for me yep. but it's actually if you if you've got a few that you start off with you can start to like you've got to try and break it really as i always always tell people and that's a, these three are a good place to start with just like hey start to understand um like say cotton polycottons what they yep. actually mean once you start to like look at the label and kind of get into the detail with it that's when you start to like okay start to really start to shape your business even further really i think yeah absolutely i mean um i think personally i prefer cotton poly just as a consumer simply because there's going to be less shrinking of the shirt right if the garment is going to change shape from what i originally purchased it at did i buy the right size <laughs> did i choose the right you know garment am i going to go back and buy that uh, same shirt or a different shirt from that same vendor. These are all the things that I think about as a consumer. So I'm sure there's other people out there uh, that are thinking the same thoughts. And all of these are cotton poly blends. And like I said, it's just they have a beautiful print uh, as well, whether it's screen print or heat transfer vinyl, um, even twill, right? You can put thicker products, uh, transfers on these products and they can still look beautiful. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think because a lot a lot of customers, end users are getting very conscious about what is quality and are starting to understand it more themselves as well. And I mean, I found recently when I was away and I was going into shops, like, hey, I might buy a souvenir from here. And you look at the T-shirt and be like, am I really going to spend £25 on this? And I'm, ne I'm not going to wear it because I just, I know that I don't like this T-shirt. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go next door and buy the one that's made from a nice poly cotton. It's got the nice fit. I know it's going to wash well. Oh, I was that person. Yeah. <laughs> I did, when I was in America, I bought a t-shirt that just had Miami on it. You know, your, t your typical yeah. um, holiday one. And it was a Gildan t-shirt, but it obviously wasn't the soft style because it doesn't feel that nice. You could tell when you picked it up that it was that. And I spent 30 pounds on that and I've worn it twice to this day. But I had to have it because I was on holiday. Yeah. But I think if you can offer that level, like you say to your customers, it's that higher quality you yeah. are more likely to get the sale and people will wear it more like like i say that's been sat in my wardrobe for yeah. five months <laughs> if you wear it more you're going to come back to the business again exactly and again. Yeah. yeah and i i like that's how i also justify spending more on an item if i've paid you know 30 dollars american dollars for a shirt i want that to be the t-shirt that i'm going to wear once a month um and i say once a month because i'll probably wear it more but I just love to put on that shirt from the design, the color, the feel, the way it you know lays on my body. But if I'm looking at, say, a $20 shirt, maybe it's a shirt that I, I wanted to have as a souvenir, but am I going to wear it? How much am I going to wear it? And there's a big difference, right? That's a $10 difference. And it could have only cost the, the decorator $2 more to spend on that garment. And they just tripled you know, what they were going to get or what they paid for, they just tripled their, their dollars. So yeah, it's always interesting just to kind of talk to, to newbies about um, how they spend their money and where they spend their money. And I know that starting a business, um, you know, this is actually a really affordable business to get started into where all you need is a heat press. Um, if you have a craft cutter or an industrial cutter or other printers, great. But at the end of the day, you just need a heat press. So if you can think about taking a chance on some more quality products, where is it really going to put your business in the next six months or even, you know, 12 months? And the great thing is, I mean, in the UK, at least, and I'm pretty sure it's probably the same for in the US, but you only need to buy one. Yeah. Uh, all our wholesalers just sell one. So you, it's not like you need to buy a whole box of them and you're like, okay, well, great. They're going to sit in the corner of this room now or I've got to try yep. and resell them. Just try it on one or two and then, okay, I've worked out what I do and don't like. And then you can be like, okay, well, either, it's either a yes or a no, but you've only spent three or four pounds. It's not, it's not a big loss on that one if it doesn't work out. Right. That's, um, you know, if you are an e-commerce business and you're selling your brand to people, you have that ability to choose what t-shirt, what garments you want. If you are in the promo industry and you're trying to go in and gain new business, I always love the good, better, best um, options because sometimes what somebody sees as the best option might actually be the more affordable option. Um, quality is quality, but I also think there is perceived value and 
what somebody views as quality. So if somebody chooses the Gildan soft style over, um, you know, the, the next level, which is a little bit more than excellent, you know, you let them choose their quality and you have the ability to either gain a little bit more in terms of margins or you're able to pass that quality at an affordable price onto your customer. And not only are you building up um, value with them, you're, you're building up loyalty and trust to be able to provide those garments. And, you know, people want to trust. I, I think people generally <laughs> want to trust yeah. you, right? <laughs> That's, they don't want to, they don't think there's going to be deception. So, um, you know, I think just having your own business is, is to be able to provide that trust is, is key. Yeah, I would agree with that as well, is that by having, like you say, taking the three options with you, it's having that serving suggestion is so important as well because it helps the customer, even if they, they might pick none of those three, but they'll right. start to they'll start to realize in their mind what they do want. They probably gave you a very vague description of what they wanted from you. And you're like, okay, I guess I can try and work that one out. But then when you put it in front of them, they're like, they might be like, they're hor oh, horrible, but I want this from it. And you're like, okay, yeah. I understand your, now I understand your brief and I can act upon it and get you exactly what you want here. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, when we're talking to customers just in, in general in this industry, there's so many different channels of heat decorating, whether you are e-commerce, um, whether you are promo, um, whether you're in the sports industry or you're, you know, uh, supplying uniforms and, and other types of goods, popping up events, all of those things kind of warrant a, a pivot or a change in the garments you're offering. And, you know, what might work great for one, like just a standard Gildan dry blend may not work for a corporate office that has a thousand people. You know, they may want that, that nicer, um, I don't want to say nicer because I feel like that can devalue a brand, <laughs> but it can a thicker textile um, just lays different on the body, right? Yeah, I think that's fair because I mean it could just be a case of I mean, especially in the US, it could be from one coast to the other, the requirements are going to be completely different. It's and it's true to an extent in the UK, I mean, you don't have quite the same sort of temperature swings, but there's oh. a little bit north to south. But it could just be like, oh, hey, well, this is what we want in the winter, this is what we want in the summer. And it yeah. could be two two different brands because they're going to serve different purpose. And I think people expect there to be a different level of quality as well. Like I know you say you don't want to say nicer, but if you hold like that scratchy Gildan t-shirt that I bought versus the nicer Gildan t-shirt, there right. is a significant difference between the two. And I think garment decorators know that and expect it. It's just, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's being careful about how you present certain things to customers. Yeah. Well, I don't ever want to, um, you know, let's say somebody is using uh, Gildan Dry Blend all day long. Like I don't ever want to speak to a customer about my favorites or pieces that I like and then them feel like what they're choosing to use is good enough because at the end of the day, that's not that's not the case. That's not the truth. If you have to really focus and look at your customer um, and your, your business, if you love decorating on a certain item, kudos because you found something that you love and that you trust. Um, but that's the beauty of being able to choose from hundreds of different apparel, wholesale apparel vendors, and then the different styles of how they've constructed their, their garment, even for fit. Um, I, I don't necessarily like to classify myself as a millennial, but I think that is where I am. I, I ride the line of um, a millennial and the one before that, but Gen Z, I feel like they've really enjoy oversized t-shirts, oversized garments. And maybe that's what you have to look for in a brand if that's who you're targeting is more of an oversized kind of style. Yeah, that's definitely something that we wanted to talk about as well was um, I, I remember you saying something along the lines of having purpose behind the products that you're selling. And that ties in really nicely with who you're selling to because you wouldn't sell um, a really, uh, I don't want to say cheaper but a cheaper make of t-shirt or a not as high quality um to somebody who's paying 30 35 pounds for a really high-end really detailed design t-shirts you need to pick your markets don't you yeah yeah absolutely and i think if you've you know speaking from a brand perspective e-commerce if you're selling on social media 
if you've created this brand that is unique or even specific messaging, I've seen more um, of the empowerment uh, type of movement when it comes to garments, um, whether it is just motivational. I've seen some really vulgar, hilarious garments come out there that uh, kind of take on a vintage look, but just aren't necessarily, you know, what I would say live on camera, but they're hilarious. And if people just eat those brands up, then you have the ability to warrant a higher cost because you're more unique. You're in a targeted area. Um, you could be going off of different segments of customers, but you've created this kind of little group that just truly love your brand. And um, no matter what you release, people are going to want it, right? Whether it is a Gildan or it's a Flex Tea from District, they're going to want whatever you, you have to offer. And sometimes it is nice to have varying price options, but people, consumers don't necessarily understand why one shirt might be $22 and one might be $30 because to them, it's a t-shirt with a design. And I think that's where you also have to do a little bit of training to who your consumer is. Yeah, I think as well, that comes down to, again, your target market. But if you were selling a t-shirt at a higher cost, those people would expect that level of quality. They'd be yeah. looking for that higher price point because that's what they're shopping for. Um, and then if you are selling to, I mean, the price points on t-shirts really aren't that much different. We we covered this in a previous episode, the actual difference at buying the blank versus yeah. what you then sell that product for. Really, there isn't that much in it. So even if you are selling to somebody who might not necessarily notice the difference, it might be worth considering choosing the 50p or a pound more expensive garment so that your brand has that quality rather than choosing the cheaper option and and um, compromising on um, brand. It's not, uh, not brand awareness, brand reputation, product yeah. quality, all of that kind of thing. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I think it's um, all about choosing to not compromise right even if you do have that uh quality garment you shouldn't compromise your brand simply by cutting your margin because yeah. you don't think somebody's gonna to buy it you need to be confident in your brand as well um and just just don't be afraid to just run with it and and trust <laughs> you gotta trust yourself just like you have to trust your customers yeah. And your customers will do that for you. Like if they, if you have a, a good network or of customers or even just two or three people that buy your t-shirt, if they receive that and feel it and wear it and love the quality, love the fit, really like the design. Like if they're using our transfers or vinyl and they yeah. feel the quality of that, they will post that on socials. They'll tell their friends, they'll, they'll spread the word for you just by you sticking to your, your gut instinct about choosing the higher quality garment. So people might think, Oh, I'll cut this, price down so that I get the sale and choose the cheaper option but that might then impact your future sales because if you do yeah. stick to what you're saying trust yourself and go with the higher quality one a few weeks or a few months down the line you might see more orders come in because you went with that decision yeah I think that's a good point also to talk on like the world of social with influencers and um people that are eager to work with brands um, and really just kind of do content for brands, whether they're an influencer, a micro influencer in general, if you're really just trying to get your product out there and, you know, I can show a garment all day long. I can, I can talk about it on lives, our, our videos, but I feel like they, the garments truly speak when we're at shows because people can actually see the texture. They can see how, you know, flex style looks on a quilted pullover because you've got the texture, you've got the, the fluffiness of the garment. Where in, in picture video, I can only show so much and I can only talk about it. But if you can get that garment into a couple people's hands who are just really excited to receive something, you know, again, again, this doesn't have to be a large influencer. But the minute they start talking about, oh my gosh, you have to feel this, this shirt, it was shipped in X amount of days, that right there is already bringing brand awareness um, through somebody else's eyes. And then you don't have to do all the work because now somebody else is talking about the quality of your product. 
Yeah, I think as well, this might be a good point to uh, discuss the actual printing onto the product. So as much as choosing the right t-shirt, the right blend, the right brand uh, for your design, it's also down to what you're putting on it, right? So certain designs will look better and look sharper and last long, well, last, potentially last longer yeah. on higher quality garments such as like we were um we had San here from Bella Canvas yesterday and we were shooting some videos and the way that our ultra color came off on the 3000 ones they just popped they looked yeah. amazing and you would get a, a good result with some other cheaper t-shirts but you wouldn't have that correct you wouldn't look at it and go wow that's like show-stopping I'd stop walking past in the street and like go in to look at that t-shirt kind of vibe yeah I think the the so I always kind of explain like the fibers in the garment can either play or not play with whatever decoration method you're putting on, right? Even if you're doing embroidery, there are certain garments that you just should maybe try not to embroider just because, you know, poking the needle through those fibers, just they're not made for that. It's just not the best type of combination. And so same thing goes with heat transfers. If you have an extremely thin heat transfer, like if they're we're doing ultra color max and we know how beautiful that is, if you put it on a garment that is thicker, which is great, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just doesn't have a poly or rayon smooth finish you know that those fibers are going to kind of come up through that transfer. So what you see on one garment is going to be different on the other. And thin is great, but it may not always be the best option depending on the look that you're going for. And I think that's okay. And I think that's one of the things that as a decorator, you have to just be okay for those mistakes because if you have a garment and you have a transfer and you apply it and you go oh i'm not too crazy about this what's your next option for a transfer what product can you pivot to to then give you that same finish that you feel is just as beautiful and some people won't even notice it but if you are somebody that pinpoints and looks at every detail there's there's always a a great transfer option to choose so it's just looking at your selection. How do you, how do you go about choosing um, products? Things so obviously you have, you're very you're a big part of the events team at Styles, and there's very recently they um, if anyone wants to go and see it, it's on the Styles um, Instagram page. But the stand looked fantastic. The very the new stand that you've got there, and you've got these special presentation areas all around the stand. But what would you what would you as a from a personal point? Assume that you're probably quite heavily involved in selecting those products. What was it about those particular products? Like, how this is what I need to show off at this event? How do you go about looking for good products yourself? So one of the first things we really kind of understand is that product column. So if we know that that specific column is going to be based on full color, then we know we need designs that are going to really encompass a lot of color. That's going to be the main focus. But from there, we go into, okay, what are unique products that we can put in those uppers that showcase the ability to really have these beautiful colors pop on the garments, but then also catch your attention because you go, oh, I didn't think I could put that on that. Um, you know, it's the, okay, well that has texture, but you're using this transfer. So it's just something what's going to grab, what's gonna grab the attention. And a lot of times we do look for texture. We look for um, heather products. We also look for solids. And then we really wanna make sure that we hit the feminine and masculine options just because everybody likes to feel represented and locations. So all of that goes into choosing those elements and those pieces, but it's, it's just going, okay, we haven't shown a quarter zip where we can put a logo in three different places. So what piece can we choose that looks beautiful, decorated, that is maybe a little bit more unique or new for a uh, blank apparel vendor? And how can we make it pop in the upper? Because if you put a logo on the back and then you put a logo on the left chest, 
you can only show one of those. So which one's going to be more impactful in that in that point? There's a lot. like a roundabout answer. No, that's good because I think that I think that's really useful because it's and that's kind of a good point about how you present that that style and that nice product to someone is actually how they're going to interact with it because you might think oh, i have to put it just on the chest and that's because that's a traditional t-shirt placement but actually the way someone interacts with your product is important what angles are they coming at it from how yeah. that you know even if, if it's in a shop for instance how are you putting it on a rail it's all part of the customer journey from you know bought for buying the product is how you and it's important you're going to try and lead them along that way so they understand your products and they get um catches their eye that kind of magpie effect of everything that you can yeah. offer them we've also been trying to do more collections at shows so if you're walking into our booth and you're looking at an upper we are really trying to use the same logo in a variety of different ways or different materials so in um flex style right in our patches and emblems column we are going to have the same logo but in a variety of different styles and then on different items from hard goods accessories and other garments but we want to tell a story so it may be targeted towards a specific customer um, or a category whether it is promo or corporate sports whatever so we kind of take that element and then go okay well how can we get our customers to start thinking about their customers so trying to tell that story and then grab unique pieces. It's just kind of ever evolving. This doesn't look good. Okay, so we need to pivot from that or um, maybe it didn't show well. Maybe a lot of people didn't touch it. So what can we change to make people want to, to, to touch it? It's kind of the opposite advice to what you when when we spoke about the show notes for this episode we were discussing like the points we were going to mention and and um one of the things you said was about having your core options as a printing business which is yeah. completely the opposite to what you guys do for shows because obviously it's new every year and it's different and you're trying to do something a bit more eye-catching um but obviously then polar opposite to heat printers you recommend that they have a core option of products to go to or to recommend um is that, do you would did you say that in terms of so that they're not flitting in between garment choices all the time um does it make people seem more professional if they know the garments um, and they have the same ones and they're confident in those or is it just the products that you know that they will print well on and you know how to work with them so it kind of goes into both of that. So the, the core pieces, right, are excellent for people just getting started. It, it keeps it simple for you. It keeps it simple for your biz, business. If you just need that one piece, you can order that one piece and feel confident that you know exactly what that one is going to do, fulfillment, and then even going and capturing um, new business. Those three core styles really just help you feel confident in sales and knowing that this is the type of product that you're available to offer. Now, from our perspective, we want to get you thinking in terms of more. How can you obtain more business? How can you remain as the leader in a heat, as a heat decorator? So if you're obtaining new business, then sometimes keeping it simple is really the easiest to just go in and capture that new client. If you're really wanting to build with a customer and maybe get more orders from them, you know they're ordering from somebody else. So now you have to go in and show them, listen, I, I'm a leader in what I do. I know exactly what I'm doing and know who you are as a business. And thinking outside of the box is where th those products typically start to fall into place. Yeah, sort of um, making sure that you're at expert level, essentially, isn't it? So that people, yeah. like you say, know and trust you and you can walk in there with confidence and say, yeah, I know what I'm doing and this is why you should buy from me and not someone else. Yeah, exactly. And and not every person is going to want um, basic, right? So maybe you're trying to acquire a, a client from another business and what you have to do is is be that next level. You have to go to them with, with knowing I can offer you these really unique products and I can decorate them different than what you're used to. So trust that I am the leader in this, in this industry. 
And that's where um, we really hope that people can come into trade shows and see, okay, this is the route that we're going, or this is the route that the industry is going. I need to start incorporating headwear or drinkware into my business to really take it to the next level and, and grow more sales. I think that's really good advice because the thing that we find in UK quite likes it. Say it's if we kind of put from the point of view of fulfillment companies that your end user is not spending time at trade shows looking at different t-shirt types. They're not educated. So they might have a good idea about what I do and don't like. Yeah. They're not gonna be like, yeah, I want I want the three thousand and one or I want the guild and they just don't, they just don't know. So it's in, we always try and educate everyone that's listening to this so you can then go on and educate as well because you know, by providing that extra value, the customers, like, oh, wow, they do. Yeah, they do really know what they're talking about. Because they come in and said, look at the seams on this T-shirt. It's completely different to what you had before. Or like with um, taking Flexstyle, we call it 3D embossed in the UK, but okay, taking a yeah. Flexstyle, Flexstyle hat into to your customer and be like, look at that. Who else yeah. can do that for you? They're like, well, no one oh. actually. Now I think about yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. And they're not going to know that you're sort of, I mean, obviously you need to know about the side teams and you need to know about the products before you walk in there, but they're not going to know that you haven't gone to every single stand and looked at every single t-shirt. You stick with your favorites and sell the USPs of them. Yeah. Even if it's a certain, um, you know, wholesale, wholesale distributor that you just really love working with, go lean on them for the most popular items or what they've experienced because they have a ton of knowledge in just garments in general. But where it, it works great is you can see what works best for your business and the materials you use while taking their knowledge and just matching it up. You don't have to be the the, the know-it-all person uh, just based on your experience. You can you can utilize those around you in the industry to to grab onto that information and not be so so trial and error. I'm I'm big on trial and error. Um, because it gives you firsthand experience of what works for you versus, you know, somebody else. But there's no reason why everybody has to be that way. And you've got team and a community of, of decorators. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if anyone has like transfer advice, just, just phone us up, send us a message on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, we're always happy to help. And I know that from speaking to the reps from all of the clothing companies in the UK, exactly the same, I would say, you know, what if someone wants advice on the best sellers, they're like, just talk to me. I'm yeah. here. They're, they're, all of them will all of them want to help your business grow because it's in it's in everyone's interests. Yeah. That, I mean, so before I was in in the world that I am now with stalls, I, I managed a territory and you know, boots on the ground, going into shops and and really listening to customers and clients and those that had been in the industry for years and those that were two years old, you know, newbies still just trying to get a grip growing rapidly and just keeping up with everything. And I would always get asked about garments. And, you know, maybe they worked with somebody from Sanmar or SNS, but either I had on something that was branded with stalls and they were like, well, well, what is that? You know, like what garment is this? And it's, it's those little things where even though, um, you know, I, I'm not selling garments, I'm selling, you know, decoration, I'm, I'm helping with the education of decoration techniques and applications, but they still wanted to know what I was wearing and what I, you know, what I thought. And that's just me from being at the press, you know, testing and, and learning. I think that's something that we can all agree on is that testing, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're printing on, test, test, test everything. Even if it's like we've had people um, order vinyl before and ha uh, try and cut it and they've gone, oh, I'm not entirely sure whether this design will work. And we're like, try it. If it doesn't yeah. work, you're thinking it up a bit. If that doesn't yeah. work, try something else. Like as much as yes, we are the experts in the industry, and yes, we will help you. There's only there's there's certain things that we can't do. Like we can't cut everyone's design in vinyl to see if it'll work or not. You know, and there's yep. high build in particular is is a one for us that we get a lot of questions on. And the people that have succeeded at doing it really, really well are the people that tried and tried and tried until they cracked the method and they are the ones that are flying with it whereas the people that try once and then go that's too hard I can't do that yeah you're like okay right so that 
that you're not doing that then that's that product's out the window you're wasting the two meters of whatever you've just bought and I think yeah, yeah you, you need to trial and error and and the same yeah. thing with what you were saying about the different t-shirt types and transfers you know order a ultra color max a minimum order of one sheet of transfers test some of those on different types of t-shirt blends and see which one you like the feel of best before you present it to your customers don't just batch buy a load of t-shirts because someone else said that's the one you want to buy try it for yourself yeah so um i used to make these shirts for customers that i would take our sample packs and i would just line up the logos right all over this shirt and i would heat apply it and um i would take that into meetings and a lot of times i would also leave it there because it was a great tool for them to become familiar with our products they could touch it and feel it it was small format but it was one garment so with one garment i was able to put say 12 different designs on there and i think when people think of testing they think they can only test it once they they have to use that item one time. And I am like, you design, you heat transfer that entire shirt until you find the right process for you. Yes, we have time, temperature and pressure. Um, those have been, you know, tested over and over. That's how we have found that this is where this is how we're going to provide you a quality product. But what if that garment is sensitive? Keep testing it until you don't get that scorch mark. Keep testing it. Um, until you find the texture that you love on that garment. And so, yes, you may have to uh, have the cost of that garment and those transfers, but you don't have to do it 10 times. You can do it on one garment. And it, it does cost money to sample and, and test, but it only benefits you. It only puts you in a better spot. You always turn it inside out and do another 10 applications. <laughs> you just keep going. Yeah. Use every single centimeter of that shirt. Yeah. yeah. I think it comes down to how seriously people take their business as well. Like we've sure. spoken a lot in the last few episodes about startup costs for businesses and how heat printing is really quite minimal compared to a lot of other businesses that in the world that you could possibly yeah. start. Um so I think realistically the cost of testing isn't that much when you think about it. What's 30 um 29 pounds how many dollars it is for you guys for an ultra color max sheet five six pounds for a, a t-shirt or two you know that that's not yeah. really that much to test a product and if it means that you can confidently push your product to customers and go i know this works i've test i've tried and tested this you know throw that t-shirt with all the transfers in the wash every time you do a wash load and see yeah. what it looks like and you so you can actually tell your customers what you're selling them um but yes it costs money to test but but to what extent like if you're going to take your business seriously you need to be doing that if you're yeah. If you're not looking in the future, then, you know, that, I think that's where people come unstuck. Maybe maybe it's all about uh, changing our, our mindset. In the startup side of the world, we need to start accounting for testing. You know, people, yeah, we, we need to have a, a heat press in order to use heat transfer materials, but maybe we change the mindset of it's not just the press, you're gonna need some garments to get comfortable with. So, you know, at the end of the day, maybe that's an extra $50 and that gives you fleece, that gives you transfers, that gives you shirts. I think if, if that is more in the conversation from the beginning versus in the mid, that it, it changes the perspective of, okay, this is how I become the expert versus learn as I go, even though they're you still learn. I'm still learning, right? <laughs> you still learn as you every go. single day. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, you're right. You, you kind of, you have to try things. And like you said, we all learn different things about different machines and transfers every single day, but factoring in that into your costs when you start is a great way to ensure that you're only going to progress moving forwards. I think if you start with that mentality and it's, it's best practice, right? We preach best practice all the time, time, temperature, pressure, release paper, threadability, over center pressure. There's so many things that we preach every day. Why shouldn't testing be in that mix? Yeah. I agree. And it, it's like just even having this conversation with you just is giving me a lot of ideas, honestly, for content, because we're sitting here talking about testing garments, but we we tell people to test, but I don't think we do enough of creating a realistic expectation on how important it is to test. 
It's not just winging it and hoping it it works. You should probably really really test it before you release it, you know, to be sold. But I know that's not a lot in my conversation unless somebody asks a question and I don't know and I say, well, you you test it because I'm gonna have to test it too. Um, so I appreciate that because now you've got my my mind going for. I'm like, well, there's more reels, there's more videos. There you go. There's definitely a certain amount of testing that we can't do, though. Like you say, it depends on the person's design. It depends yeah. on the transfer they order, the garment they're using. Like we can test all day, every day if we wanted to. And we do with certain things to give people advice on best practices and how things work. And, you know, so that we can be confident in what we're selling. Um, but there is going to be a certain percentage, obviously, that people need to do themselves, if, if not sure. for their specific products, but for their confidence as well. Absolutely. I mean, I I don't know how you felt when you first started using a heat press, but the more I used it and the more mistakes I made, I actually became more confident because I realized, oh, you know, I shouldn't do that or that didn't work this last time or I didn't pay attention to where the collar was. Just those little things where it just made me feel okay to mess up, but then also know that I just got that much better and more knowledgeable. Yeah, it's navigating the press, isn't it? Do, do you remember the first time you ever used a heat press? So it was actually at my uh, first week of training um, with Brian Purcell in Dallas when we had our Dallas showroom. And yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> you know, it's this giant press and I, I look back now and I was just more afraid to pull the handle down um, than mess up the garment. I mean, I don't ever like uh, potentially costing someone more money because I made an uh-oh. But at the end of the day, that was the whole point of that process was to make the uh-oh. And I just remember being so nervous and so gentle just and, and slow mm -hmm. And it's funny because now when I'm at shows and somebody's never pressed in their life, I'm like, okay, we got to be aggressive. You got to slam it down like you mean it. And they just always laugh, but that's, that's what it is. You know, you're not going to break it. You just got to push that handle down. Yeah. I, I don't actually remember the first thing I pressed. I honestly can't. I think for me, because I actually started a week before our big trade, big, oh, yeah. our only trade show we have in the UK. <laughs> I started a week before and we're so busy in garment, in getting ready for the show and packing up stuff. But I'd like barely used a heat press and I turned up at this show and I'm like, selling heat presses. The equivalent of like printing United or something for you. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and found myself standing next to the single air fusion and someone had stopped it from swinging around automatically. I'm like, oh yeah, I think, yeah, just push the buttons and it's like, nothing's happening. <laughs> Like, um, I promise you, it's really good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an excellent story. Just because yeah. you, I mean, you did it, you know, like yeah. you, you were then going you, then, for it. But then I was like, okay, when it gets quiet, I was like, right, okay, I need to, I need to know what I'm doing. So I come back tomorrow and don't look like an idiot then. <laughs> but it's the same thing for everyone that's listening is you yeah, just got to like, okay, try and try and break stuff. And then, yeah, like you say, you'll, you become so much better at what you do because of it. Yeah, there's been numerous times where I've gone to hit both those buttons at a press and I'm like, why isn't it moving? And mm. someone's standing right next to me and I'm like, okay, let's make sure this yeah. is on, this is on, this is on. And I'm always humbled by those moments. <laughs> it does remind you not to get too cocky, doesn't it? Especially when like, we'll do live videos and I'll fuse something and the pressure oh. will be slightly off. And I'm like, and that's why you need to check your pressure on the pre-press. Yeah. Whoopsies. And But I think that's good. I think that's normal. You know, we all do things the way that our customers do. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that Styles and Target and Hotronics have are the leaders in the industry and that we are so big on education and just being those relatable people doing the exact same thing as the customers you know if we were stood here in front of a camera perfectly doing everything our customers are like yeah no that's not right there's a reason that some yeah. of our best performing videos are the ones where we do it wrong deliberately to show people why you need to follow the recipe you know that reel that we did yeah. and fused the transfer wrong and it all came off was one of our best performing videos for that month it's um people really value real you know they um it is nice to see 
perfectly executed videos and content just because I think that also gives people the want to perform better or do better or try new things. Like if that looks really pretty and it was perfectly executed, then why, why not? But people love it when we are authentic and I'm not perfect and I will never <laughs> ever jump into that category of being perfect because there, when we first started doing lives or when I came on to really help out uh, Jenna with lives, it never failed that there was something wrong each live, whether it was my internet, my camera, my microphone, um, something always went wrong. And it was just in that moment where I'm like, well, I'm never going to be somebody that I'm not. So if I mess up or something goes wrong, you still get me and I have no problem going, well, guys, I messed up and this is what I did wrong and this is how you fix it. And don't do that. Don't do what I did. <laughs> like I messed up for you. So you don't have to do it. Um, I think we should talk more now about the um, actual blends of products. I know we're jumping around a bit, but I wanted to ask you at the beginning and then we sort of sidetracked um, on to, we got a lot of questions about when you're looking for a t-shirt, we recommend brands and we can recommend types or models or codes for certain t-shirts. But is there a particular blend that you'd recommend? So obviously we have um, cotton, we have polyester. What, which one was Sam talking? Is it, um, it wasn't Tried viscose? That. No, the one Sam was talking about yesterday. There's a like the oh, silky, the yes, viscose. rayon. Oh, rayon or viscose, but. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Is there a particular reason you'd pick a certain blend? Like when would you pick 100% cotton? When would you pick collipotton? I'm just thinking for the people that are completely new to the industry and yeah. they see all of these things on like the descriptions on like your supplier's website and they're going, what the hell is that? I have no idea. Yeah, so um, a quick touch on that would be, I think it's also kind of understanding who you're selling to again, because a good example is my husband is in construction and his father actually prefers a hundred percent cotton garments where my husband prefers a blend uh, kind of for that moisture wicking if he's out in the sun, that's what he likes. So if you are selling to someone, it's okay to ask the question if they prefer uh, cotton poly if they like just straight cotton because I think that's also understanding how that garment is going to be used mm. Spe like personally I like cotton and poly because uh, a cotton poly blend because putting rayon or viscose in that mix does give it a really beautiful um, kind of sheen it, it drapes better over the body, but rayon and viscose is so, so heat sensitive that if you, if you choose the wrong tri-blend and the wrong heat transfer, you are going to have a giant box from scorching that garment. Now, there are some tri-blends out there and tri-blend blend colors that do well, but again, it, it's just going and understanding uh, if you're taking a charcoal tri-blend and you're putting a transfer on there that takes 320 degrees, you're going to scorch it. it. It's done. So you have to choose the transfer that is going to be the coolest that can be applied. I love what is called a flex tee from District. And it is a, a poly spandex. It might have cotton in it. I think it's a tri, but it's it's a cotton poly spandex blend. So instead of that rayon or viscose, that spandex kind of somehow gives it this like stretchy feel, but it's a dense material that still drapes well over the body. And it's beautiful once it's decorated. Um, so that's, I kind of like to find products that can give the look and feel that you are going for, but you are not putting yourself in, um, that predicament of choosing a rayon or choose a tri-blend where there's very, very little of that sensitive material. Um, so recommending more, sorry, like, um, cotton and polycotton for like people that are just starting out to sort of trial and test on and get to grips with their press and get to grips with printing in general. 
Absolutely. And I mean, there's still some cotton poly blends out there where there's more poly and there's more cotton. Um, but you're going to have less error with scorching, um, heavy press marks uh, when you choose just a cotton poly or even just a cotton because uh, you can't scorch cotton. You can scorch polyester. But rayon and viscose is beautiful. Um, it's it's a beautiful textile that can be you know combined with other other fibers to really just make a beautiful garment. But there's there's always tricks. There's always tricks to get around it. Yeah, I mean we we were fusing on um, the rayon ones uh, with Bella Canvas uh, yesterday actually, and it is all just about testing, isn't it? And I mean the ones that we printed, we were using the dual air fusion, and Andy used the Gritflex um, application pad, the rubber pad, and that worked wonderfully. But yeah. again, we were using Ultra Color, which is the low temp application, and there's loads of different things to factor in when doing that. So. I guess I'd probably recommend for people to start, like I say, with cotton and polycotton. And then once you get to that point where you're expanding yep. your products more and delving a bit more into what's available, then you can, like, like we said, order one, order two, um, test a few transfers on there and play around with the with the settings a bit because we have so many accessories. Like we've got the power patterns, the grit flex pad, the, you know, there's so many things that you can do to make the application work and last the lifetime of the garment. Now, I think if you're if you're just starting and you're working in those accessories into your starter package, so you've got your heat press and you know you need, um, we call it the flexible application pad. What did you, I think you called it, is that what you call it? Do you call it the we call same? It, we call it, yeah, we call it grip flex. Oh, I like that grip flex. <laughs> what it is, it's like a grippy plaid, a pad and then it's very flexible. So I think if you know that you're in love with this one shirt and maybe it is a tri-blend where it's got that rayon worked into it, do the due diligence and know up front the accessories that you need. Yes, you can just buy the heat press, but you need that pad. Can you get the power platen? Is that something that's in your budget? And test that tri-blend because if you're not gonna be happy with that tri-blend and how it's produced, are you going to be happy mailing it out? Um, but I think it's so important that, you know, going back to the expectation of knowing you're going to need to test some garments. So let's work that into the conversation. But you also need this accessory because it's only going to protect you. It's going to give you um, less errors. What are some of your favorite accessories that you'd recommend people? We'll, we'll go with just starting out and then maybe we'll do um, a second one for if you're sort of leveling up your business. But what are your sort of go-to accessories? You do a lot of lives, you do a lot of printing. What would you, what, what do you reach for when you're doing those videos? Um, I, as much as I probably get annoyed by printing pillows, I use them a ton. And the reason why I get annoyed is because to put the pillow in the garment on a live never goes as smooth as what I, I wanted to. It's a nightmare. <laughs> like it's, it always feels like I am wrestling my toddler to get them to put on clothes. Like that's what it feels like to me. Um, so there might be a little trauma with that, but I, pillows, I don't think you can go wrong because, um, if you're, if you're dealing with anything than a basic t-shirt, you need a pillow, um, for the most part, especially if you can't switch out the platens, but I'm addicted to our tag along platen. So if anybody has the ability to get the tag along platen up front, I strongly encourage it because it helped me center and align a logo so much quicker um even though i've been you know in this working for stalls for almost six years i got that tag along and was like boom here's the center it was just so easy for me um and then i have been using the flexible application pad uh more and more um but it's probably the pillows the the tried and true and it's the most most affordable which i think is great with how much is used and then just how low low cost is up front yeah I, I really like the pillows the thing that throws me every time I use them is I always say for example it's different on the air fusions because obviously the pressure is auto adjusted but when I'm yeah. using like the auto open or the fusion IQ I get so thrown every time I put a pillow in 
because you have to adjust the pressure manually and I forget yeah. and I'm like why can't I shut this press it's not working and it when it, that's why I don't really use pillows on lives because I know that I'll forget to mention mm -hmm. the pressure and even though it's a good learning point you could be like this is why you need to adjust the pressure yeah it every time and you even said um earlier uh testing like oh this is why you know why i think you just said it too like this is why you test the pressure this is why you do it before or in the pre-press right it, those are identical words that come out for me um because i'm normally sitting there taking the handle of the press and just bringing it down and adjusting it or popping it up and then putting it down and it just looks like pure chaos but it's really what decorators do in the moment of finding that right blend with the pillow and the pressure. So I, I hope it doesn't look as chaotic because they're <laughs> relating to it. It's relatable content. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, ours definitely, mine definitely look more chaotic because I'm like, <laughs> oops, whoopsie daisies, I need to do that. <laughs> Another point I want to mention as well, um, whilst we're on accessories with the Grit Flex pad, is that if people are using, what did you say you call it? The flexible application pad. Yep, the flexible pad. Oh, that was right. Okay, cool. Um, is to remember to increase, uh, dependent on obviously what you're fusing in your garments, but nine times out of 10, you need to adjust the temperature when you're using that one, right? Because it's a slightly thicker pad. So the heat needs to go through that to get to the garment, um, just for people to know if they're using that as well. Yeah, it's a great, it's another one um, going back to testing that you do have to, you need to test it and play with it. Um, I know several people that love it, but it took them a couple of experiences just to get comfortable using that. Um, but I mean, and that's everything, right? You just got to get comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same sort of thing as what we were saying earlier with the vinyl and our customers testing different styles of designs and cut settings and getting that right, um, especially with like the harder stuff like the 3D that's a bit chunkier. But it's all, it's the same with the grit flex. It might take you two, three, 10, 15 applications to get it right. Mm -hmm. But that grit flex pad could expand your product range so much just by you testing on like one t-shirt to get the application right. I know when I first tried it, I got really confused because I was like, oh, the transfer hasn't stuck properly. Why is that? And then Andy had to explain that it's because it's thicker and it needs more heat, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, if you are put off using that from the first couple of tries, that could really limit your where you could go with your business and the different types of products that you could fuse upon um, in the future. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day with the with that pad, it's it's protecting your garment. So if you look at it as an element of protection, um, not necessarily another step or added accessory, it's it's truly protecting your garment. So if you get comfortable with using that, say in the beginning, then that becomes part of your just overall heat printing process. So even if you do go to that cotton poly rayon, you know that tri blend, you're already utilizing that um that pad that flexible or the gripper in your everyday process so it's not retraining or learning something new you started in the beginning with it um and i think it's just getting comfortable and and giving it a shot I, I only have one more question for you, really. And this kind of ties back into what we were talking about in the beginning. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned the three different types of teas that you absolutely love. I just want to touch on um, not necessarily brands or types of um, blends or anything like that, but which particular products would you suggest people go to when they're first starting a business? So, for example, it might be um, a T-shirt and a hoodie or because, you know, we do print on things like shoes and bags and yep. there's so many things you can heat apply on. But obviously you don't want to start with everything because it might be too much. It might be a bit overwhelming. You you won't master all of them straight away. Yep. Um, so what would um, a few of your go to's be if you're starting a printing business and you want to offer your customers a few different variations of, of garment, but you're not really sure what the, the best like go to's would be? Sure. So I think fleece is always a must. If you have a t-shirt business, then get that fleece in there. Um, fleece is no longer just winter wear um, or those cooler, those cooler, colder days. It's, you know, we, we started to see people wear fleece year round. Um, they're putting the, the hoodies or the crews with shorts in the summer or spring. And that's, that's a, 
that's a product that you really don't have to do much to or change when it comes to applying your material. So that's an easy extra product that you don't have to re really relearn um, or teach yourself something new. I love products from Independent Trading Co. Um, I've decorated on a variety of fleece from them and they're just all superb quality. You do have different feels of fleece, but I think just about anything I have decorated has always looked beautiful at the end from glitter to ultra color max, twill, foam, like you name it. I, I love independent trading co. Um, but that's the easiest one. I think the next thing is possibly having some type of tote bag. It, it could just be a fun saying you don't have to carry a lot, but just some type of accessory. Maybe somebody's wanting to buy as a gift and they don't know the size. That's where it gets your mind thinking is, okay, how can we make these gift options without getting the wrong size? Uh, something I just want, I should, I should quickly add as well is that um, when Kelly refers to fleece, she's not in the UK. When we, when we say fleece, we, we kind of think of an eye kind of like, Middle-aged person's jacket, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I knew in my head I knew exactly what you're talking about. Sort of, sort of thing you might see someone walking a dog wearing, but um, but, but what funny. what she means is it's a, it's a nice soft uh, like sweat almost. Are you talking is, Bella Canvas fleece style, yeah, like so it's, nice? It is stuff. premium quality, um, and it just it just means it's something that's nice and soft, but but it can be quite fashionable. Oh my God. I love it. Like, um, like plaid or is that kind of how you guys associate? I need more, I need more information. Yeah. Please. What, how, what would you describe like, the dog walker coat? It's kind, of like, it's kind of that kind of more like bobbly fleece on the outside. It's not very, it's, um, makes me cringe. I, try, I don't know what an equivalent brand would be for the USB. Like it's a not towel? Yeah, I guess maybe you could say that they're walking around wearing like a towel jacket. <laughs> oh not, my gosh. Not, not so less coming up a conversation. Oh, that's a really nice fleece that person's got on. I guess. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to send me some if Andy can find one I'll put one for those of you watching on YouTube I'll put one on the screen here of what Andy is talking about. Oh, that's yeah, hilarious. So yes, yeah. a nice yes, nice trendy song. option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think those have been like the biggest, um, and the easiest to get started. If you can do headwear and you have the ability to get into the headwear business, now is the time. Um, whether it's a simple, you know, ball cap that you are able to decorate, but, uh, a t-shirt, sweatshirt, um, ball cap and a tote, ball caps and totes can be used as gifts. So it's not just thinking about uh, your customer buying, it's your customer giving it as well, just to get your brand more out there. And then I think understanding, again, it goes back, understanding who the customer is, what are they looking for? Are they looking for trendy pieces? Um, do you call them Sherpa jackets or fleece or do you yeah, use the word Sherpa? I don't know why yeah. you're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that would be a, a fair description, yeah. Sure, is Sherpa fleece? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like for I, us, um, is it? Hold on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. She's, she's got one in the back. Hold on. Oh, so there we go. this is like a Sherpa blanket. Yeah. This is in you know in um, apparel form, pullovers, uh, snap jackets. Those are extremely popular for us right now. Um, so if you have the ability to incorporate those, I think people are always looking for them. But um, that that's from uh, J America, and they have also what's called the Epic Sherpa, and it works beautiful under the heat. But not all Sherpa is created the same, and some does not do well under the heat. But that's a higher that's for sure a higher price point and more of a specific customer. But um, I think it's just understanding denim is great, but is your customer going to want to buy denim kind of thing? 
Denim's an interesting one. I've, uh, I, I love when I see it. We don't do enough heat printing on denim. I would love to give that more of a try. Um, but we see yourself and Jenna fuse like glitter onto denim all the time. And I love it. And I think we've, we have, um, all we do is have a denim part to their blank apparel business. So we could easily do that in the UK. And I definitely think I'm really hoping that that's something we see come from the US to the UK in 2023 because I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, so we have soft foam and, uh, I love combining soft foam and glitter. Um, and that's one of the, the products that I use on the denim jacket because they're both pretty decently, uh, thick. So they work well over seams, but you can also layer on top of soft foam. So, um, if you, if you, if that trend comes, give it a go. What's the UK equivalent to soft foam? Uh, the pr probably the closest we have is high build. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. The chunky layer one. On it? No, not really, to be honest with you. You could layer it on top of like sports film, so you could have that double color effect, but it would have to be on, yep. the chunky one would have to be on top, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, the it's, I just love mixing those materials. So, but that's like where I get really excited is what can I layer? <laughs> what can, what can we make today kind of thing? <laughs> Oh, we could try silicon. That could work. It might work, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. This is this is my content calendar <laughs> for next year. Now I'm gonna get all the denim in. We're gonna be making jackets. It's gonna I be love great. it. You bring the trend. Don't wait for it to come. You bring the. trend. That's the thing. Yes, I love that. I think that's a great. That's a great note to finish on. Did you? Do you have anything else you want to talk about with Kelly today? Before no, we. I just wanted to say that Kelly does a lot of really great work on Styles TV on her YouTube channel. So if you'd like yeah. to see someone doing some testing live or pre-recorded, that's a good place to get some inspiration from. Um, and she does lots of really good walkthroughs of what, why she's doing what she's doing. Um, so if you think about adding new products or trying layering, that's a good place to start is watch those videos first and then try order some bits of vinyl, some different transfers, and then try and break it in your, in your own time as well. That's so you sweet. Have, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a live today, don't you, Kelly? The five things you need to start a printing business. Is that today? I do. I've got that in the next hour. So I'll be hopping on um, our Facebook and uh, YouTube account and we'll rock and roll with that. So. Oh, brilliant. I think that'll be a good one. I'll link uh, Stars TV in the description below for anyone that wants to check out those videos. Um, as Andy said, I think it'll really help a lot of you in your heat printing journey. But thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on the podcast today. I've had such a good time. It's one of my one of my favorite episodes, I have to say. We've done we've done a lot, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I yeah. think it's definitely going to help a lot of people starting their business we've done a lot of episodes recently around starting a business how to structure what to do and i think this is a big piece of the puzzle that was missing like the actual garments themselves so thank you very much for coming on and talking to us about it well molly and andy i uh, i greatly appreciate it and thanks for opening your arms and letting me come in and just have this conversation i think it there was there was so much that we talked about but um i hope that your viewers and your listeners get they, they feel like they gain something from this that gives them the, the ability to move forward. Yeah, they definitely will. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point in 2023 for another episode, without a doubt. Would love it. <laughs> yes, amazing. Okay, cool. Um, thank you to everyone who's watched on YouTube, listened on Apple and Spotify. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on whichever of those platforms you are listening or watching on. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.